0: She even has the power
1: to change
0: my destiny. I try to tell her
2: what is on my mind. And even though
0: the words are hard to find at times. She comes to me It is as though
3: Three, WVKR Independent Radio Poughkeepsie, New York, the band Across the Great Divide Disc number three She Knows Richard Manuel Oh, you're, you're you're on.
4: There you go. Okay. I just wanted to say that that actually appeared first on uh, one of the two band albums that Professor Louie from Professor Louie and the Chromatics, Aaron Hurwitz, produced the second one called High on the Hog.
3: Beautiful. And, but he, and then he, he com- actually remixed this. The box compiled seven. it onto this. Yeah. So what I want to do now, Larry, is just do a real brief introduction to the listeners here of local motion. So I'm going to start out by saying string musician Larry Packer began his career as a teenager. He became part of the band Catmother and the All Night Newsboys. Larry worked with Sha Na and many, many others, including Harry Belafonte, David Bromberg, Peter Rowan, Maria Moldauer, Happy and Artie Trown, to name just a few. He was part of the band's legendary documentary music film, The Last Waltz, and also played with Levon Helms' Woodstock All-Stars. In 2016, Larry was inducted into the New York State Blues Hall of Fame. He founded the Woodstock String Quartet and also played in the Broadway production of The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Larry has been part of the Celtic rock band Hair of the Dog for many years. Welcome, wholehearted warm welcome to Local Motion Larry Packer. We're going to start this by saying... Happy birthday, Larry Packer. Oh,
4: thank you. That was yesterday.
3: I don't care. <laughs> Come on, on move on closer to the mic there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That's okay. Sorry. It, um, it was yesterday. Thank you
4: very much. It was my 75th birthday, so I guess that is a significant milestone. I usually don't make much out of it.
3: Every year is a significant milestone. As yeah. we were talking when we first hung out here a little bit, it's all a gift, man. It's all a gift. Yeah. So happy birthday. I'm honored that thank you're you. here today. And birthday celebrations, Larry, they should last more than a day, at least a week, if not a month. Okay, so it's like
4: it's like New Year's Eve in Japan. Absolutely, celebrated for about a month. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know. I'll tell you something. I um, I had one of the the best. I think it was the best birthday present I've ever had in my life. I did a Zoom call with my eighteen-month-old grandson, hmm. Hmm. who as soon as he saw me, he went over and grabbed a ukulele and t- unzipped the case and took it out, and sang me his mom prompted him a little sing. They sing happy birthday and he, he didn't have all the words, but he basically it was happy day.
3: It doesn't get and better that than that. Boy,
4: looking, looking at that little guy, you know. Yeah, the, you yeah, know, yeah. It just, it's and, like your heart melts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, So that absolutely. was the bad, I think that was the best birthday present I've ever received.
3: I think I would. I can Jackson imagine Winter
4: Packer, J A X O N. Oh,
3: Packer. Well, uh, that's really sweet. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And thank you for again for being here in person, taking the time out of your day, and just to be here. So it's an honor. Gosh, um, I think we could really do a three hour show and still not cover everything that we got to do. Um, Let's go back in time a little bit. And I always like to do this. This is your life, Larry Packer. And Mm -hmm. just start by saying, where'd you grow up?
4: I grew up in Clifton. I was born in New York City in 1948. And I grew up in Clifton, New Jersey, which is about Twelve miles, yeah. probably. Yeah. Right, the, yeah, right across the right across the way. Yeah.
3: Um. I understand you started playing music early. What was your first instrument? The violin. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Why did you pick it out? Did you well, choose it? My, the,
4: the, I knew there was a violin in the attic, and that violin had been given to my dad as a present by a relative of ours who was the actor Paul Muni. Wow. When he was in New York uh, on Broadway doing Counselor at Law, he came out and visited the Packer family, and he bought a fiddle on a push cart. It wasn't a very good fiddle, but he gave it to my dad. My dad loved music. He never really played. But so, when we got to be nine years old, they had a public school music program, and they gave us choice of an instrument. I and chose you chose the violin. the violin.
3: Did you have private lessons I also? I did have
4: private lessons. and in, in that respect, I was extremely lucky because uh, there was a man... Uh, who I realize now, he was in my 70s and I was nine years old, and his name was Anthony Senigallano, and he had been sent to America by himself on a steamship when he was nine years old to have a better life in America. Wow. And um, was living with like a dozen other people in a tenement, and he kept on singing a violin in a window, and he saved up his whatever... Mm-hmm. he earned at the job that he had he bought the violin and he went up and knocked on the door of what they call the institute of musical art which became juilliard music school of music wow. and the guy who opened the door was the guy who wrote the first violin scale manual that i played out of his name was henry Schrijek big big Bigger beard than Garth Hudson. Uh Big beard, like Brahms. Uh Uh And uh, my teacher said he opened the door and he looked down and he said, what do we have here? A little Paganini. And he scooped him up and a week later he was living in the house. Amazing. Amazing. So
3: you started out playing classical, obviously. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, That lasted all through school? No. No? No,
4: no, um, until I was about 13, 14 years old. And I had started to play the guitar and was getting interested in uh, other kinds of music. Uh-huh. Uh, and, the, you know, the, I mean, he was a great violin teacher. He what ended were up you as, listening
3: to back then in your teenage well, uh, years? Well, I was,
4: originally, I, was, I mean, I was listening to the radio, so mm-hmm. I was listening sure. to, you know, Purple People Eater and, uh, you know, Bikini, <laughs> you know, whatever was on the radio right. you know, from, right. <laughs> from New York and Elvis. And, uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. and, and Jerry Lee Lewis and whatever was on the radio. So I, w- I was hearing it, and when I was coming from a violin lesson, when I was about ten years old, a couple of uh, a couple of black girls surrounded me while I was walking down the street with my violin case and sang "Hit the Road Jack" in three-part <laughs> harmony like the Raylettes. Wow! And that changed my life. Really? And my teacher uh, always made a point of saying, "You always want to sound like yourself. Uh-huh. You can imitate someone to learn something." Sure. And uh, the other thing is, he would say, "Don't only let anybody tell you that jazz is not an art form." Uh-huh. Would talk about Louis Armstrong. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, yeah. it was just a great. Um, wow. He taught me. He taught me how to teach myself. Mm. And uh, he was actually a. Te- he ended up as a, a teaching assistant to Leopold Auer, who was the teacher of Yasha Heifetz, Nathan Milstein, and Misha Elman. Wow. And he had a picture in his studio, and it said. Uh, uh, had you come to me earlier, you would have been my greatest student. Ah. Now this is a guy who lived in the Elks Club building in Passaic, New Jersey, and ate one meal a day of spaghetti. Uh huh.
3: Uh-huh.
4: And was a wonderful guy. And when he first started teaching me, he took the bus from Passaic, New Jersey, walked up this big hill, and gave me my first violin lesson with my grand— one of my grandfather's present. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, he was a—he uh, was a great guy. And he took me— he took me to Carnegie Hall to see some of those great violinists. Sure. You know when they sure. were. Sure. In their prime, or yeah. they were, you know, I saw Mish Alman's last recital at Carnegie Hall. Man. And my dad uh, and I went to see Yehudi Menuhin and his sister Hepzibah. And, wow. you know, wow. So Just there was always exposed. that in my first, you know, I had 78 records that belonged yes. to the family. Yes, And the first thing I heard was uh, Brahms's Hungarian Dance Number 1 on <laughs> one side of a 78, Yasha Heifetz. Wow. and Ave Maria and Fritz Chrysler, and Enrico Caruso, you know. Mm. And I had an uncle, after my fiddle lesson, I would go and sweep the, uh, the floor at my dad's uh, floor covering store. I had an uncle who um, had a seat in the Metropolitan Opera for so many years that when they built the new house at Lincoln Center, they gave him the option of having wow. that seat, which was row A, seat one. Mm. And uh, we would listen to the Milton Cross uh, WQXR Met broadcasts, Wow. You know, after mm-hmm. after the fiddle lesson, I'd be sitting there, I don't know, sewing carpet and you know, <laughs> sweeping the floor and, you know, listening to stories massive. about about the Cossacks riding through town back in the old country. Yeah.
3: So as a teenager here, you are being exposed to all this great music, but also growing up in a time of in great America. boom of, of music exploration of what's going on. Absolutely. Um, I, Talk to me about Greenwich Village and how you even heard about well, it and found it. I had
4: it. I had two older female cousins. In fact, it was my uncle, the, the opera fans' daughters, and one of them was my age. And and they, uh, uh, her older sister, turned me on to Dave Van Ronk, Odetta, John Hammond Jr. Mm. And um, in those days, I mean, when we were nine years old, we our parents would drive us out to Route 3, put us on the bus, and we'd go to the Port Authority and get yep. on a subway and go out to Coney Island and come back in the dark and call our parents from the phone booth and yep. wait to get picked up.
3: Yep. You know? Yep. So those were— yeah. It was a different— Absolutely. It was, it was a
4: different time. Different time. And um, when I was um, in my, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, I would get on the bus— go to New York City, go to Greenwich Village and go to the Gaslight Cafe where you didn't have to be old enough to drink yeah. or conversely <laughs> in the summer we'd stand outside the Night Owl on the corner of uh, McDougal and 3rd and listen to the Love and Spoonful and John Sebastian, Fred Neal, Tim Harden and all that kind of stuff. Amazing. And uh, I, I would go to see John Hammond. I, I shook hands with Mississippi John Hurt there at oh. the Gaslight when I was about 15. Wow. And the... Uh, Wow. Something wow. which uh, John Sebastian had that experience too, and told me that if he hadn't done that and hung out with him, that his you know his whole the career tra- would have been right different.
3: the trajectory would be different. Sometimes Absolutely. it's just being in that particular spot. Yeah, and, just... and I
4: and I got to the go to the cafe o Gogo and see the Muddy Waters band with Otis Span and Magic Sam and John Lee Hooker. Damn, and I wish Richie I was Havens older. Richie Havens was there every week, and the Blues Project and Danny. Cow. Nobody and,
3: ever wishes they were older. I do by like a decade because I would have. Well, seen all of this well, but was, it is what it is i was in the right place at the yeah, right you are, time where you were uh,
4: to to do that and then one day i got my first electric guitar i was about 16 17 and i went at that point john hammond jr was performing with a trio and he had a drummer named charles honey Boyotis, otis uh, of new orleans and a bass player herman pitman and a guitar player adrian Guillory. and one one day i i said uh you know, can I sit in with you? And he looked at me and said, do you know my SH? And I said, yeah. And they plugged me into a bass amp where it wasn't, you know, too loud. And I something? basically just played everything that he played, which I, you know, watched him like a hawk many times. Right. And uh, fast forward, uh, I'm about 28, and I'm auditioning for the Guy and Pip Gillette Blues Band at the Four and Aft in White Plains. Charles Otis is the drummer. Uh, and he comes up to me at the end of the first set and looks down at me with a toothpick in his mouth. He says, you used to come sit in with John Hammond. Only you didn't have a beard then. <laughs> he <laughs> I said, Charles, I was six Now, when my, my son is about to turn 40, when he was born, Charles called me up and said, you keep that boy bundled, Yep. you yep. know? Yep. And we, we got to be fast friends. We played uh, Tuesday through Sunday for about, oh, about a year and a half, you know?
3: Talk to me how all this transpired and then how you got into Cat Mother.
4: Oh, that's an interesting story. I I had gone uh, for about six months to Drew University in Madison, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And um, I transferred, I, I, uh, transferred to the New England Conservatory for the next, you know, rented an apartment. And I went to the New England Conservatory for six weeks and the violin teacher never showed up for the scheduled lesson. And at that point, I lived in Beacon Hill, and I was playing in a club on Charles Street called the Sword and Stone, with people like Paul Jeremiah, the great country blues guy, and Chris Smither, mm. and uh, Jay Giles' uh, jug band mm. with Peter Wolf on harmonica, wow. and and uh, and doing a single, you know, myself on guitar with the harmonica and the coat rack, you know, whatever I was doing, thought I was doing. And um, one day, my friend Paul Jeremiah asked me if I would go to New York and play at the Bitter End at a showcase with him. And we got in a car uh, the, the heat wasn't very good at. And we went to New York, and we played our set. And I was playing guitar. I was accompanying him on guitar. And a guy came into the dressing room with a handlebar mustache, and he said, my name's Roy Michaels. Uh, we have a band called Cat Mother and the All News Newsboys, and our fiddle player, Jay Unger, is, wants to go back to school in Kansas. And our guitar player Pete uh, Smith, I think, was the guy's name. He's he's leaving too. You wouldn't know anybody in Boston who plays guitar, fiddle, and mandolin. Oh my I said, gosh! Nobody but me. Hello. And they sent this guy Barnaby, uh, the bass player with a band called the Apple Pie Motherhood Band, with an Econoline van, which is probably more important. And he moved all my furniture down one floor and dropped me off at Sixth Street and Avenue D with a guy who was in my first band in high school. Um, and a forty forty dollar per month uh, floor through you know walk up with the police lock on the tank, tank that you pulled the chain for the Amazing. bathroom Amazing. and and uh, we went down Bleecker Street on the way to the, the apartment and I saw Charlie Chin walking down the street and I said I remember him from when I used to play I used to play the pasta hat houses on the, in the summertime. Um, the Cafe Zigzag and these other places with an older brother of a guy I went to high school with who was a harmonica player and would come from Berkeley, California every year in his convertible Corvette, and we would go and make a little change and go count it in Washington Square and then drive back to the comfortable suburbs. Uh huh. Wow. But. Um,
3: so here you anyway, are becoming I, re- part so I of this replaced, band.
4: I saw Charlie Chin walking down the street, and I said, I remember him. And he said, well, you're going to know him much better. You're in a band with him.
3: Amazing. Charlie played the
4: banjo on Buffalo Springfield again on the cut. Uh, I can't remember the name of the cut now. But That's, was, all, right. He's That's all right. He was about 19 then, too.
3: Amazing. Yeah. And then you guys somehow m- migrated to Woodstock.
4: Yeah. We had an upstairs neighbor named Dean Schombach. Um uh, uh, <laughs> Dean Schombach graduated from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts with Peter Falk and John Cassavetes, and he was a carpenter. Tim Harden wrote the song, If I Were a Carpenter, about him because he was working in clubs. He knew Charlie Parker, he knew Dizzy Gillespie. He was an amazing guy, and he was an amazing actor and carpenter and designer, and he was our neighbor upstairs from our drummer at 7 Bleecker Street, just in from where CBGB's was at the Bowery and Bleecker Street, and... um, he was building Haywood Hale Burns' house in Woodstock single-handedly.
3: Had you been to Woodstock before?
4: No, no. And he uh, he brought us up there, and he um, we were at a guy named Rush Harp's house. He used to have a billboard out on Route 28. He was an assassinologist, <laughs> and it, the, the billboard said, "Who killed JFK, RFK, MLK?" And he was. Very interesting fellow, and he lent us uh, some money, and we bought a 1956 Cadillac hearse as a bandwagon with velvet curtains. <laughs> and uh, De- De- Dean took us to a real estate agent in Woodstock, and she found us at this old farmhouse that had no central heating that had they had started building in the 1700s. Now, what we didn't know was that we were now the de facto host of the Woodstock Sound Outs, which were the festivals that Michael Lang got the idea to do the Woodstock Festival mm. from. Mm. And they had had it one, the summer before, and all of a sudden we had a festival in our backyard with psychedelic school buses and uh, a lot of a lot of famous people coming and going. And Michael Jeffries, uh, Jimi Hendrix's manager, and Jimi was living up in that area at the time, he, he heard us. And one night we played for um, a 1,000 you know, people, and they seemed to enjoy it. And we were the house band at um, the Electric Circus at, at that point, you know, uh, lay, actually a little later on. But Michael Jeffries called us for a meeting, and I remember going. I was 19 years old, and there's this guy with One Way Shades, and he says, I propose that uh, we go on the road with Jimmy as his opening act and that he pro- he's producing your album. You know when you come back during uh-huh. the, end of the week, so that was the deal. Next so thing Jimmy- I knew, I was standing in Kansas City in front of ten thousand people with Albert Grossman and Michael Jeffries standing with their arms folded behind the stage, and that was the beginning. We we, we were Jimmy's opening act for all sixty-eight and into sixty-nine. Dear Mother
3: of God,
4: yeah, and uh, he was. You know, I, I think of him. I I think of him as a friend. I mean, you know, obviously he was a god as a guitar player, but uh,
3: what did you he, first? I mean. I, sure, we all know him now, right? Everybody knows Jimi yeah, Hendrix. Sure. When you first heard this guy,
4: what did you think of him? Well, you know something? The first time that I heard Jimi Hendrix, I was a freshman at Drew University, and there was a guy that I was playing music with who had taken piano lessons from Otis Band, and he owned a um, BMW motorcycle. And I said, hey, you know, uh, John Hammond Jr. is playing at the Cafe Go-Go. I've always seen him at the Gaslight. And we went in to the city and we went there and he was being backed by a guy playing left-handed guitar upside down guitar named jimmy james and the blue flame and jimmy he had just jimmy had been playing at the cafe wall and then he just got discovered by chas chandler shortly after that amazing and uh, it was you know all of a sudden uh, how
3: old was jimmy when like you were growing up a little older than you jimmy's a little
4: older than me he was about uh, I'm trying to think how old he was. Was he when he died? He was about what, twenty? Twenty-seven. I 27. think. Twenty-seven. Yeah. I remember the day. You do. And the last time I saw wow. him, I hung out with him in a dressing room at the Fillmore East uh, while they were recording the Band of Gypsies. Wow. So that's the last conversation I had with him. And he was, he was a very. Uh, I always thought of him as being a shy person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stuttered a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. He, he, um, he had a great smile. Mm-hmm. You know, I just. Uh, um, you know, I, th- I think about him. I mean, he was—he lived in his manager's basement in the room with black light, and there were two minders with their arms folded at the top of the stairs. He wasn't supposed to, uh, mm. you know, go anywhere without them. One day, one day he called me up. I was living in Brooklyn, and he said, uh, um, do, you, "Do you have a saxophone player you play with?" And I, I did. Very dear friend, Richard Grando. He said, "I'd like to play a." a can you guys come to Baggy's recording studio in the village at such and such a time? And I said, sure. Hmm. We showed up. He never showed up. And he used us as an excuse to go to England the first time without his minders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they figured, oh, he's just going downtown. We don't have to
2: right. go with him. Right, right.
4: And the wow. next time, of course, he didn't come back. Right. Next time, he gave him the slip. right. So that's about all I can Man. say with that. I used to have conversations with uh, the late Howard Johnson, who was a dear friend, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about this stuff, and he was always surprised that I knew as much about what he knew about. Stuff. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Wow. wow, yeah. Wow. I, I mean, that's mm. you know, some heavy stuff.
3: Some real heavy stuff, but yeah. some memories. Man, I yeah. feel like I'm well, getting re- a history you know, lesson know, I remember
4: here. standing with Jimmy in, in Tampa, Florida, and he, he turned to me and he said, you know, a year ago, I was here opening for the monkeys. Oh, wow. And they were throwing stuff at me and calling me the N-word. Uh-huh,
3: yeah. And now
4: it's the same kids. And now tonight they're here because it's the place to be.
3: Yeah. So yeah. I never
4: forgot that. And yeah. the tour we did a Florida, Georgia, and Alabama was with the Almond Brothers. And the last time we saw them, we... Uh, we're on our way to the airport at the end of the tour, and they played us the cassette of their first album that was about to come out. Man. And we wished them luck.
3: <laughs> wow. Good you luck know. with that one, all the time. Yeah, Brothers. right. So,
4: Man, wow. Yeah, that was, wow. you know, wow. talk about.
3: Well, thank uh, you for sharing that beautiful memories of, of Jimi oh, okay. Hendrix. Yeah. Holy I moly. Have so many memories. The cat mother's. Oh, oh. I need I'm you sorry. by the mic. Oh. The Cat the
4: Cat Mother story, when we were living in Woodstock, the guys the guys who founded Cat Mother, Bob Smith, the piano player, and Roy Michaels, the bass player, had had a band in Canada called the Dirty Shames. And after Gordon Lightfoot and Ian Sylvia, they were the third biggest folk rock band in and the guitar player in that band was the nineteen-year-old Amos Garrett, who most people will remember from that fabulous guitar solo on Maria Muldaur's mm. uh, "Midnight at the Oasis." Mm. Uh, you know. So,
3: so when you're in Woodstock, you kind of still live in the Hudson Valley, obviously. I live in
4: that quarter. I've been there forty-five years.
3: But you kind of never left the area. I did. I did. You did. live
4: in the area. I, I uh, well, uh, I mean, Cat Mother lived in Woodstock for a while, and then. They ended up being on the road, and then they moved to Mendocino. you know, and Uh I actually went out there for a while Uh with them to to uh, to Mendocino. That might be a good time to uh, play one of these songs. songs. This song is by Uh. Jay Unger, who rejoined the band, and Jay and I put two engines in the same Volkswagen bus (laughs) in a one week period because we forgot to plug one vacuum advance hose. Put the second one in in a little town in Pennsylvania, and then drove to Kansas. And did a gig for a while and then made it to California to uh, Haight-Ashbury. And we got there. The the um, it's the, the Grateful Dead were recording the basic track for uh, uh, Casey Jones. Jesus. That's what we were listening to. Ah. And um, Jay wrote this song. It's called Strike a Match and Light Another Marijuana Cigarette. He plays mandolin. I'm playing electric guitar. And um, Bob Smith on piano and the rest of the Cat Mother band. And I understand that right to this day, this is the anthem of Humboldt and Mendocino counties. Let's, and let's, I, I said that to Professor Louie uh, yesterday when he called me to wish me a happy birthday. Aww. And he said, yeah, Larry, and now Ulster County, too.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let's so take listen, a listen to this here. We're going to listen to it right here, right now. Strike hey, a match were, uh, and light and another. Adults. And it is 429, so let's take a listen, 91.3. 91.3 913 W V K R Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Just thinking of it now, we really should have done that at four twenty, but hey, we missed it by a few <laughs> minutes. Back on the mic, please. Okay, sorry. Yeah, it's okay, here. no problem. And um that was called Strike a Match and Light Another by Cat Mother and the and the all and all the night boys.
4: All night news boys. All night news boys. We actually boys. put out a newspaper. Oh my gosh, yeah, I love it, even, it. It even had a cartoon strip called Crabs. <laughs> and this was
3: recorded at Haight-Ashbury in 1969. Yeah, Pacific High
4: Recording Studio and hey, Hate ashbury sharing the studio with the Grateful Ted. Ha! <laughs> uh, the first night we walked in, uh, we listened to them record the uh, basic track for uh, Casey, Casey Jones. Casey
3: Jones, man, oh man. Yeah. All right, so now let's get back. That was a fun song, and um, let's get back to... Something else that I think might be one of the big things that you're also known for, this legendary appearance on The Last Waltz. Talk about how you met the band and okay. your relationship with them now, over this, the that years. That all goes
4: back to when we were in Woodstock uh, for the first time. Uh, there weren't many musicians in Woodstock, but Dylan was there and the band was there. One day we were paying our rent across from the Village Green. Our landlady was right there in the, between house hardware and the... Um, Pam Copeland, who became Ellen McElwain's manager, and she um, she had a little S.S. Pierce canned goods store, and Garth came up to us and handed us the test pressing for Big Pink and I said, this is something the boys and I have been working on, I'd like to know what you th-. And We took it home, and we were just, you know, we played it over and over and over. The next thing we knew, there was a double bill at the Fillmore East, and I'm pretty sure it was the second gig that the band did as the band, and it said... All Woodstock show, music from Big Pink, the band, Cat Mother and the All Night Newsboys. Mm. So that was uh, we were we were their opening act at one of their first shows, and the the intermission act was one of my dearest friends, Michael Grando, who was a mime, mm. who we knew from the Electric Circus, Marcel Marceau's favorite pupil. Man, oh man! I just spoke to Michael; he's in his eighties and uh, just as sharp as ever. Great, mm. great people, and his brother. Richard Grando was uh, my dearest friend, great saxophonist, um, teacher. Um, he unfortunately uh, took his life 37 years ago, mm. and uh, you know, yeah, that uh, yeah, that's, that's the a, kind of stuff. I mean, one. you know, I mean, obviously, I've been a suicide survivor a few times. The first time was with Paul Clayton, who wrote "Stayed Around," "Laid Around This Old Town Too Long," and uh, then I was still in high school. Wow, and we were hanging out at his house and he told us to get lost for a night and then I found out he'd electrocuted himself. Real, right. so,
3: wow, wow. Yeah. That's a tough lesson to learn yeah, so that's, early. That's, uh, yeah, that's, you know,
4: it's, 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 uh, it's something that y- y- you never get over. Right. you got to deal with it and you sure. got to, you know, I mean, I saw Richard Manuel, I spoke to Richard Manuel two weeks before
3: he passed. He,
4: he passed at the getaway. We were playing with Levon. And Richard came and played solo piano, like she knows. And he came downstairs, and I can still remember the low ceiling and the coat hangers hanging on a pipe, and just telling Richard that I really enjoyed it, and him looking at me kind of like I was blowing smoke somewhere. Right. And I was thinking to myself, something's wrong. Mm. Something wrong. Mm. You know. Right. And um, you know, those those guys. So the, how did I? The, the band then. Then Howard Johnson. And Tom Malone were good friends. And Howard and Tom called me f- to play the Square Dance with Belushi and Aykroyd on the third of e- ever episode of the first season of Saturday Night Live. Amazing. And then they uh, How- uh, Howard called me in 1975 to play with the band um, at the Palladium, which I think is now a dormitory for NYU. It used to be the Academy of Music. I saw the Rolling Stones' first American show there. Really? Was in high school. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, in the afternoon on a bill with the Blues Project with Dan- with Danny Kalb and those guys. And um, um, anyway, I, I was happy to do that. We rehearsed for a week in New York City, and the the horn section was Lou Marini, the Blue Lou from the Blues Brothers, and Tom Malone, and uh, Lou Soloff, for- and Alan Rubin, the two Alan Rubin's Mister Wonderful in the Blues Brothers movies, wow. like working as a waiter or something. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I played with all those guys, and we played the gig at the Palladium. And uh, then Howard called me the next year to play the Last Waltz, wow. and I flew out with Howard and Tom Malone. Tom was my roommate. Uh, and, and
3: what did you, did you know it was going to be what it is today?
4: Mm, well. We first we went out and we stayed in the Shangri-La recording studio in Malibu for about a week. And actually, I ended up recording um, with Garth and Tom. Uh, there's a there's a tune called Islands on an album of the same name. And I think it's besides the theme from The Last Waltz, it's the only instrumental that the band ever recorded. Mm. And um, I ran into Tom and Garth on the way to the studio at 2 in the morning. And they said, you know, you want to come and play? And I went in there and Tom played alto flute and I played violin and... Garth put the chart in front of us and uh, he played the soprano. Mm -hmm. And I think they used it as the theme on the 11 o'clock news on Channel 11 PAX Mm. in New York for a while. Wow. And uh, then we went and played the gig. And uh, of course it was, um, did I know? Well, you know, I mean, every time you walk by somebody, you say, wait a minute, that was Eric Clapton, that was Ringo Starr. So, I mean, you were aware of the fact that, uh, and Muddy Waters was, was there, and, you know. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I, I always considered it to be an honor uh-huh. and, and also those guys are so warm. I mean, Levon was just, you know, yeah. Levon was a great guy to yeah. me. I mean, I, 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 I was playing with Hair of the Dog for 23 years and I would see Levon and, and Amy at memorial services for people like John Harold and Rick Danko. And other people, and they would say, can you come and play this this ramble? And I said, Lee, I feel like an asshole, but right. I've not, not played a Saturday night in five, six years, you know. Right. And then one day the band leader, Rick Petrosian said, you know, I realize we're not working next Saturday. I made a reservation. And I said, what's wrong with this? And I somehow I got a hold of uh, Larry Campbell's phone number and I got a hold of him in Hawaii. And Jimmy Vivino and Larry Campbell were both there that night. Yeah, And I got to hang with little Sammy, who I knew before Levon even knew him. I met little Sammy at a food fair in Poughkeepsie. He was playing on the street. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, wow. And we got to be dear, dear friends. I mean, the first time we met, my son was about four years old. And uh, the next week, Sammy lived with the piano player Mimi and her boyfriend Midnight Slim, who was Sammy's guitar player. And in Port Jervis, and he would come to all these country gigs that we did uh, with the Carl Richards Country Band. Carl has a closed-circuit TV show, I think, uh, Keeping It Country or something to this day. And Sammy would come and play with all these country bands, and we used to stand outside and laugh because he would, you know, the man had boundless energy, and he would play with everybody, and he made all these... These, these um, you know, country guys with the big belt buckles and the cowboy hats. He made them sound like they were in the juke joint in Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the, the first week that I went back to work with Carl Richards, um, Mimi came up to me and handed me a belt buckle with a fiddle player with a cowboy hat. He said, Little Sammy bought this and he said to give it to you. Oh, wow.
2: And,
4: I mean... Wow. You know, I still remember, and we were, we were on an ad for the Quickway Diner on cable TV that we never got paid for, and where they got the two owners, the Indian guys, you know, really, and i V, you know, and they even put their picture on the label of the record <sighs> we made. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's Little Sammy. Wow. And, wow. And uh, you know, uh, yeah. Sam was just. Uh, he was just a sweetheart just a, a, a total total gentleman and one of the sweetest uh, humans and you know inspiring guys to play music with that I ever met that you ever met and when yeah. I went to do that ramble I hung with Sammy the whole time and Aww. then Lee came out and I realized that that Lee was doing chemotherapy and stuff and I went to embrace uh-huh. him and said we kind of did a dance and maintained uh-huh. eye contact and then he looked at me and he said you and I've been friends for a long, long time, time. Yeah. and that's yeah. you know that's yeah. something yeah, that nice is something. To yeah, wow. yeah. I just saw, I just saw Sandy. Oh, you nice did. Talk with, yeah, at uh-huh. Camp Cripple Creek for the second year in a row. Yeah, and yeah, she's, yeah. You know, this great.
3: Wait, with a Camp Cripple? At Camp Cripple, Cripple Creek, Creek at the by the Ullman Wait Resort, of which course, which is the Wait the Wait uh, Band. Brian Mitchell and and Jimmy Weeder and
4: Jimmy Weeder and, and 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 Albert um,
3: Albert Rogers. Albert Rogers. Yes. Who was
4: brought up here by another dear friend of mine named Steve Berg. Uh-huh. Who is the guitar player on the next cut that we're going to listen to um the personnel are are steve berg on on guitar garth hudson on piano gary burke on piano gary was you know joe Jackson strummer for about 12 years and yeah. chromatics forever and rolling thunder review and just about everybody else yeah I mean, you know, yeah yeah, I mean, yeah yeah i mean i met him he was the uh uh, percussionist at Radio City Music Hall in the early 70s. What a career Gary's. Had. yeah no I'm Gary Gary Gary's one of the greatest musicians that I ever had the honor of being associated with. Wow
3: wow and I, I'm super sweet Gary, guy I love you man. Super super sweet guy. Oh. Gary, if you're listening, man, I've enjoyed listening to you and talking with you. You're a great storyteller also. Wow. For sure. Um, so, should we listen to that yeah, now? Yeah, why, why so, not? this is off your
4: solo work. Yes, this is off. Uh, this is on Woodstock Records. It was produced by Professor Louis, Aaron Hurwitz, and uh, we had to arranged to begin the thing on a certain date, and it happened to be two weeks after 9 11. Wow. And I tried to get out of it, and Louis talked me out of it. He said, If you don't do it now, you know. So, that's now we're this do is it. what we did the winter after 9 11. All right. So, really, let's you know.
3: take a listen. This is Larry Packard's solo release called Eye of the Sun. The track is called Red ego yeah let's take a listen right here right now and
4: and tom bones malone from the blues brothers and uh, the arranger and letterman show and saturday live he he's playing alto flutes
3: on this okay i love it larry packer here on 91.3 wvkr independent radio poughkeepsie 91.3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York, Larry Packer. The album called Eye of the Sun, Red Eagle was the name of the track. Larry, you're with me today. Yep. Nice in-person. I love this. I love this. And um, (laughs) we were just talking, and I hope listeners that are listening that know Larry, um, I hope we all kind of encourage Larry to record some of his life, because you do have history here that not many people have and your memory is so incredibly clear i don't know how you remember all these names and details and everything and it's just really beautiful to listen to you i think the
4: only thing i can think of is that when when i was studying the violin you know and really like you know just voluntarily putting in five hours a day on Mm -hmm. saturday and stuff that um my teacher said you know music that you learn when you're young like that you remember for the rest of your for life of and, your life. and, um, you know, it's like an old negative. You just kind of brush it off a little bit. And I memorized a lot of music. I mean, I memorized, uh, you know, a big, Chunks of uh, the Beethoven Violin Concerto, the Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, the Tchaikovsky, the Brook, the Pog, you know Paganini Violin Concertos, the Bach solo and and Partitas, and <laughs> you know I was going through like you Dude, know, the, real, the, the, the real the <laughs> real stuff, and and I'm still doing that. I still wake up and play Bach like on a silent fiddle, so I won't bug anybody. How many fiddles
3: morning. you got? How many violins? Oh,
4: I have a few, but about. About um, during the pandemic, I engaged a wonderful guy named David Wiebe, W-I-E-B-E, uh, whose wife is Sue Lipkin, L-I-P-K-I-N-D. She is a famous maker of baseballs. If you know Lou Pappas, the bass yeah, player. Yeah, sure, of course. was Eddie's bass player. He has one of her bows. Yeah, yeah. Lou and,
3: Pappas was a teacher here. Yeah, he just played. I just saw him play Friday night. Well, he was Eddie the-
4: Deal's bass player, and Eddie Deal lived at thirty four Raymond Avenue for forty years. Man, so that's and- you
3: know that's my next thing because we are here at Vassar, and when I originally called you, because God bless you, Larry, you don't have a cell phone, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I find it beautiful. I, I really can't do. afford one. Oh come on, you're <laughs> killing me. here. sell a violin, you'll be fine. <laughs> So um, I called you and I said, come on, let's get you on the show. And, and, and here we are. And it happened. But you're like, I don't have a cell phone. I don't have this. But when I asked you if you wanted to come Playing in hard to get. and you were just so like happy to come in here because we are at Vassar College, which is in the Arlington area of Poughkeepsie and it's a beautiful area. And you told me your buddy, my Eddie bu- Deal. Well, my,
4: Eddie Deal, Eddie D-I-E-H-L, and yep. Deal Uh, I was in a band called Michael Kamen's Rock Ensemble with Hank DeVito on pedal steel and David Sanborn and my friend Richard Grando on saxophones and uh, Dennis Whitted, who played drums with Bonnie Raitt and with the Butterfield Band. Uh, And one day I asked Dave, I said, you must have heard of Eddie Deal. And I remember Dave looked at me and said, Eddie Deal, man, the premier organ trio bebop guitar player of the 1960s. (laughs) Now, Eddie Deal lived at 34 Raymond Avenue for over 40 years, but when I met him, I was 19, he was in his late 20s. He passed away at the age of 81. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a few years ago. He was a legend already because he had replaced the famous jazz guitarist Grant Green and the brother Jack McDuff organ trio in about 1959, 60. And then he was replaced by George Benson who at that time, according to Eddie, was a three or four chord blues singer and guitar player, and Eddie spent two weeks in the hotel and taught him his first jazz changes. Wow! And um, I know that George came up at least once in his uh, Rolls Royce or Bentley or whatever it was. I know that uh, Larry Coryell came up in his uh, and this in apartment his, uh, and to play with Eddie at to thirty-four. Play with Eddie Raymond in his, uh, wasn't
3: oh, he like a luthier or something? He was too?
4: one of the greatest luthiers um, that, that that ever lived. You know, uh, he was. Uh, I'll give you a quote. This is a quote from the president of the Martin Guitar Company. They showed him one of Eddie's fret jobs, and he looked at it, and he said, well, this is great, but we can't afford to do this.
3: Really? You know?
4: uh, Eddie, was, Eddie was, listen, the the, the 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 amount of players who came, uh, I I own an old Stratocaster. I bought it when I was playing with Shawn and I in Louisville, Kentucky, it's got a very low serial number. It was painted with white rubber latex house paint. And now, no no slow now, down, down a refer- second. Eddie when you that say that
3: a low serial number to people that aren't musicians out there, you're meaning it's one of the first built, yes? It's,
4: yeah, 1954. Uh, there you go. And the first two digits are zeros. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, Thanks. And there's only four digits on the plate, which I now, I don't must be eight or something. And um, Eddie... Eddie hooked up that guitar and refretted it for me and, and made it sound just wonderful. And I played it, I, I played it with Harry Belafonte in uh, Las Vegas and, you know, in the early seventies. Um, I think I was about 23 and Harry was about 44. Um, uh, when, when I was lucky enough to get that gig and that was through my friend, Don Brooks, the harmonica player who, uh, Taught Mickey Raphael Willie Nelson's um uh, harmonica player how to play. I just saw a thing in one of Willie's books. It brought me to tears. The, the, the stuff he said about the great Don Brooks, who I we're on some Tim Hardin recordings, and we uh, you know we were we were good friends. I played his wedding. I played his son's bar mitzvah. You know, uh, he unfortunately passed away years ago. Yeah. But uh
3: I remember seeing Eddie Deal at the Falcon in Marlboro uh uh-huh. yeah. with
4: uh with with uh, John Schofield. May- yes. With John Schofield and and um um, um Lou Pappas. Yeah. And uh, the drummer I don't remember his name but he used to be uh, he grew up with John Schofield and he had been playing with a famous guy. Anyway, they yeah, they they played at the uh they played at the Falcon. I think you know?
3: Schofield was a surprise because they couldn't put his name out there, right? Yeah, because they, it would be they, too big, right? Yeah, they
4: said they weren't, but everybody knew. But, you know, they they Eddie, you know, Eddie had some misgivings about the, the gig. I'm not going to get into that. But right. uh, Eddie also played on Raymond Avenue. He played at the coffee place up the yeah, street Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, craft, I used coffee. to go to the Beach yeah. tree with him and he was treated like royalty and we'd go to have breakfast with Gus and Julia. Uh, I can't diner. believe he lived here that long. 40 years when I, when, after he passed away, Harvey Kaiser, the great saxophonist and band leader, and I um, got permission from the landlord who said when I bought the building, Eddie Deal came with it. So, you know, Eddie lived in New York City. When I first met him, he lived in Israel G. Young, the guy who ran the Folklore Center. In New York, I lived at Israel Geung's apartment above the Folklore Center, where Eddie ran the repair bench. It was like a mecca. You would go there and you'd walk up, and John Fahey would be there listening to Eddie play the guitar. Or I'd go up there and Steve Goodman would come up, with another dear friend, and say, uh, "You know, can you come do this record? Can you t- come do that?" Or you, you just. Um, you know, I got to listen to a rehearsal with Eddie and Sam Jones, who was Cannibal Adderley's bass player, just to me on the fly on the wall with those two guys. Wow. And I used to accompany Eddie to Harlem to play with uh, some of the greatest organ trios that there were, you know, with uh, Boo Pleasant, lady who sounded like Billie Holiday and played the, the, the organ. I'm sorry
3: he's juice, not man. here anymore. I would oh, have had him on all, my show. We're all sorry. I would have easily, he would have, could have walked down here and yeah. we're well, he, right he here.
4: Spent, it, the Vassar campus. Mm-hmm. was his nature you know I yeah. mean, th- th- this man you know helped me this he helped campus me is amazing my first wood stove in greenwood lake in nineteen seventy. well he <laughs>
3: obviously was very um handy i mean if he was a luthier and just know how to do things was, with he, his hands he was a craftsman yes
4: of the, the, the he never built an instrument mm-hmm. but john sebastian would bring him a yeah, I remember John calling me up like 35, 40 years ago. He said, "Do you have Eddie Deal's phone number?" I have these instruments, and he worked on Happy's instruments. He worked on everybody's instruments. Right, know. right. And um, everybody knew Eddie I remember Deal. On the internet, said nobody does a fret job like this guy. Wow. He was, uh, he was one of the most brilliant individuals that I ever came in contact with. He was brilliant. He was, he was an autodidact. Um, I mean who, who did you know that who would read the Saturday night review of the literature and then like write annotated things right. in the margins and then go over it and review it years later you know yeah in, genius in level. Oh, a ge- he was yeah. an absolute genius he was a painter He went to the Art Students League he had solo shows paintings in New York City in the in the, the 60s he had uh, he, he, uh, he he was as Harvey and I would say where we're going through his stuff and trying to honor you know, I'll make sure nothing was overlooked that was important. Right. You know, and we were helping the family out, too, because they didn't live near here. Right. I mean, we would say, you know, being a friend of Eddie's made us all better people yeah. because uh-huh. you couldn't say anything, you couldn't say anything and just offhand or be anything to say clever because Eddie would call you on it <laughs> and he would expect you to, you know, justify what you had just said or, you know, anything else. I mean, anybody who knew Eddie knew that he, that he had a reputation as being caustic. Uh huh. I introduced uh-huh. him to Steve Rust's father, Howard Rust, once at a gig. He was helping me build my house. And I said, I said, Howard Rust, this is uh, Eddie Deal. And Howard said, oh, don't let your deal go down. Uh-oh. And he said, oh, okay, don't let your Howard Rust.
3: Oh, my God, that's hysterical. <laughs> oh, how about it's Saudi duty time? <laughs> ah, That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He yeah. was quick-witted also. He would love to pun. Yeah. He would yeah. love to pun. Larry, Larry, Larry. Is it over? It's almost over. Oh, no. oh my god. Oh god, um, we gotta do it again. We're gonna do it again because there's too many other stories. There's more I stuff think. I'd like to play. Too. Yeah, I think we definitely will have to do that again. Um, I also want to say um, that you're playing out live this Sunday, October first, in I'm Woodstock with at uh, Colony. Eric
4: Window, your friend Eric Window. He's he's got a bunch of people, and they're going to do the Brown the, album, the Brown album by the band, which has Rag Mama Rag and Whispering Pines among other things. And, yes. uh, it's at the Colony. Uh He's going to start doing the album at about nine, I think, is what he he told me. Yeah, I have an earlier gig in Albany from uh, one to three, but. <laughs> with Hair of the Dog, which is now working again. Anybody interested in Irish music? There um, you go. Go to Hair of the Dog and, you know, and... uh
3: you know, you're very um, hard to find on the Internet. So, um, well, I
4: don't have a, a, what you call a social media pres- right. presence. Right. But I am, you know, I mean, I have an inter- You know, you can go to Woodstock Records at any time. And right,
3: and look up, up there. And, um, and also, I think Camp Cripple, Cri- uh, Camp Cripple Creek doing that since also has um, a nice little write-up about you That's as a, yeah, well. Um, I want to um, go out with a track by Maria Moldauer. So tell this was us a demo. about
4: demo. To get Maria her first recording contract, which I, I think she's on 47 or something now. Yeah. Now, this is the 50th anniversary of Midnight at the Oasis. I was the first human to hear the song because I lent the guy who wrote the song his rent, he played it for me. And then I was the first guy to play the song at the Buffalo Folk Festival in seventy three with Freebo, David Nick Turn, the composer, and myself. And I was there when we were doing these demos and recorded this Madman Me, which is a demo. With Chris Parker's older brother, uh, or Eric Parker's older brother, Chris, on Chris, drums. Yeah. And, and Dave, Dave Holland, Holland, who had just come to America. Dave on bowed bass and the on viola.
3: Man. Play it. Let's take a listen. Yeah. And I'm just going to tell listeners it is 5 o'clock. You are tuned into Local Motion here on 91 3 WVKR. I'm your host, Rita Ryan, with Local Motion here each and every Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m thrilled to have the legendary larry oh, packer in the studio today his own he don't like that no. but um anyway <laughs> he is that so let's take a listen to what he just said mad mad me by maria Muldaur, and we'll come back and say goodbye to larry and keep it going here with more local music on 91.3 wvkr
5: a spy you know as well as 91.3
3: Ninety one three W V K R Independent Radio Poughkeepsie, New York, Maria Moldauer, Mad Mad Me, the album, which I think most anyone knows, Midnight at the Oasis. Larry, you're still with me. Let's um let me just say that it's been truly an honor to have you here. Wow. Um, let's schedule you again like You know, beginning of the year or something. Yeah. And January. And let's talk because we have so much more to cover. There is a lot
4: more. There is a lot more. I can can recall a lot of stuff.
3: And um, really, you've been a part of the musical history um, for many decades and you continue to be. And it's so cool. You're still out there. You're playing. You're doing your thing. And you really still seem to really be enjoying it. I am. I'm having a ball. Yeah. Yeah, ha- I
4: really am having a ball. I mean, I I pl- I did a the Southern Adirondack Musicians a relief fund thing up in North Creek this weekend yep. and I played about 8 or 8 or 9 hours with a couple of different <laughs> bands and it was so so much fun. Oh my gosh. Great musicians and some people, you know, Brian Malik, the, the drummer, I've known him for 50 years, you know.
3: Amazing, amazing! Yeah, that's great. I, I just, I do want to like thank you. It really is an honor well, to have you. you here. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. And um, I really it, appreciate it's being on the show so much fun. And thank you for, for gifting. Me. You're welcome. It's my pleasure and honor. Um, thanks for gifting me these CDs. I can't wait to go through yeah, them enjoy. and listen them. Enjoy. And um, yeah, it's just been really, really great. Again, a very happy birthday to you. <laughs> a day after, but yeah. it's still hey, your I'm birthday. Yeah. are planning next year's party? You know. Awesome, yeah. awesome. I hope I'm investing. I want to come.
4: Well, um, I've not, you know I haven't given a birthday party in the last thirty years. Well, I think it's about time, Larry. Yeah,
3: yeah. Okay. And I also really hope that you do consider um, writing your memoirs or yeah. recording them you, in you've, some. You've uh- in some way.
4: You, yeah, you've, you've, you've made me see that it's it might be
3: important. It is. It you is, know? and I think your I'm, son and I never want
4: to take myself too seriously, but right. then I realized, well, wait a minute. I mean, I used to ask Tom Malone, why should I write a book? Uh-huh, and uh-huh. he'd say, well, you know, because you were there when all this stuff happened. Right. There's the period. You can, you're can, you like a fly on the wall, yeah, and yeah. you remember.
3: It's history, I and I said it to you off air. Whenever I have happy trauma on, I yeah. always feel like I'm getting a history and folk lesson. He was there. And the same with you— today was a history lesson for all of us that, love music, that know music and just want to learn more so you are somebody, you're a teacher of music Mm. and um, a hell of a player of music and um, it's really, it's been a great joy you you made my week not just my day, so thank thank you for being here. Um, I'll let you stay with me while I start off the second hour here of Local Motion as many listeners that listen to the show know, the hour where I don't have a guest, I always start off by paying tribute to the late Tony Falco from the Falcon in Marlborough. He passed away October 27th of 2021. We're coming up on two years. He left many things, one of them being a really cool playlist. And um, I take a track from that playlist each and every week. And I just play music. And just for a few minutes, it allows me, hopefully you guys, to just reflect. Whether you knew Tony or you didn't, you um, It's just a few minutes to take a pause. I'm still learning about new music from Tony Falco by listening to this playlist. So I hope that you are too. Let's take a listen to this right here right now by Dick Stusso on 91.3 WVKR. And again, a huge thank you to Larry Packer. And stay tuned. We're doing a pair of ticket giveaways in about 10, 15 minutes. And right now, this one's for Tony. 91.3 WVKR. Mm ¶¶ 3 WVKR, Independent Radio, Poughkeepsie, New York. Chris O'Leary, the album called Seven Minutes Late, the track What the Devil Made Me Do. Um, this was released on American Showplace Music in 2018. Chris O'Leary also has a new album out. He'll be playing tomorrow night at the Falcon in Marlborough. You never need a ticket at the Falcon. Just make a reservation by going to liveatthefalcon.com or giving them a call. Again, Chris O'Leary Band at the Falcon tomorrow. We started the show off as we do each and every hour where there is no guest by playing tribute to Tony Falco, the owner of the Falcon who passed away October 27th of 2021. We heard Dick Stusso with Nick. Nashville dreams. And um yeah. And we're going to keep the music flowing here cuz we got a lot to get through. It's 5:15. Thank you today to my guest Larry Packer who's still chatting here with me off air telling the good stories. <laughs> and um yeah, we're going to keep the music going here. New blues out uh, The new Blues Project album is out. It's titled Evolution. They're going on a little tour. We're going to play a track of theirs right here, right now on 91.3 wvkr and then after this segment of music stay tuned we've got two pairs of tickets to give away to the newest venue in the hudson valley called the local it's up in saugerties new york and what we're giving tickets away to is to this saturday show i'm your man it's a birthday tribute to leonard cohen with robert burke warren and friends so stay tuned don't call yet I'll let you know when to call, but just keep your ears locked right here to WVKR. I'll have two pairs of tickets to give away to that show. And right now, let's take a listen to new music by the Blues Brothers here on 91.3 WVKR.
6: I've been down, I've been bad, and I've been round But hey there, mama, then you gotta hold on me I played a little fiddle and found myself a little off-key Well, I talk crazy like a purple streak Like a bird on a wire, like a one-eyed freak And you said, hey there, mister, ain't it time for you to come down I've been a soul survivor And, babe, you've been my sweet go-round well, I played sweet and I played cool I stayed on my feet, but I ran like a fool And you said, hey there, mister You know you got some traveling shoes I played a little fiddle And gave myself the rhythm of blues well, I played high and I played high Played so good, I make a grown man cry. But it was you, pretty mama, you begin to settle me down. I've been a soul survivor, and babe, you've been my sweet go-round. myself a ride. I called a freight from Memphis by the southbound riverside I begin to holler when the sheriff run me down mister I sure like you but I hate to see you round. and he said boy you've been in trouble you run faster than a hound you gotta play that fiddle for me or wind up in the burying ground well, I've been up and I've been down I've been bad and I've been round But hey there, mama, then you gotta hold on me I played a little fiddle and found myself a little off-key I played a little fiddle and got myself a cup of tea
3: And three WVKR, the incredible percussionist drummer Jeff Siege Siegel Quartet, the album called King of Koza. Special guests Faya Faku and Fred Berryhill. Uh, Jeff Siege Siegel plays with many different configurations, is also on staff here at Vassar College as a drum and percussion professor. Um, the Staff here at Vassar is amazing, the music teachers, and they did an incredible concert here this past Friday night at Skinner Hall. Um, Really, check it out. The Vassar Music Department's awesome. You can look it up online, and their concerts are open to the public and free of charge. And you're gonna get to see world-class musicians, including our friend Jeff Siege Siegel. The concert that was just this past Friday featured this uh, one of Jeff's compositions of "King of Coza." Uh, Jeff also does a jazz series at Catskill Mountain Pizza in Woodstock, and just look him up. He's he's got an amazing uh, biography. He'll be going out on the road this winter with the Levin Brothers, Pete and Tony Levin. Uh, jeffsegaljazz.com. He's also on social media and just an all-around great guy. We also got it started here on this little mini set with a brand new album from the legendary The Blues Project, the album called Evolution. And we just heard the track, I Played a Little Fiddle. And um, the latest configuration of The Blues Projects is comprised of Roy Blumenfeld, Steve Katz, Scott Petito is on this recording, as well as Chris Morrison and Ken Clark, and a couple of guest appearances as well, recorded and mixed by Scott Petito at NRS Recording Studios in New catskill scott will be my guest sometime later on this fall it's always a pleasure to have scott petito on and blues project is going to be doing a little tour they're going to be october 4th at the catskill mountain moonshine in sargetys and october 8th they'll be at cafe lena in saratoga they're also going to be at the iridium in new york so check out the bluesproject.net website or info as to where their upcoming tour will be. And man, was that nice today with Larry Packer. If you missed part of that interview, or maybe all of it, and you're just tuning in, le- you know, legend is what comes to mind when talking with Larry Packer. Um, wow. And the stories off air were just as good as the ones on air. Just amazing. If you missed part of that interview, I'll be uploading it tonight on our YouTube channel and our Facebook page, both under the name of local motion on 913 WVKR so i hope you subscribe and give a like to those pages please and just stay up with the amazing guests that we're lucky enough here to have on the show now what we're going to do is give away two pairs of tickets to one very lo- two very lucky listeners i should say there's a great new venue that just opened in Sagittes it's called the local I can't wait to see a show there myself. I've got one coming up soon. Um, and so there's a good show happening there this Saturday night, September 30th at 8 p.m. It's called I'm Your Man, and it's a birthday tribute to the legendary Leonard Cohen with Robert Burke Warren and friends. We're gonna celebrate what would have been um, his 89th birthday, Leonard Cohen's 89th birthday. And Robert Burke Warren is a performer here from the Hudson Valley area. I believe this show is like super close to sold out. So if you would like to get a uh, to the show this Saturday. Please be able to make it to the show. Don't just call to win tickets, but please really be able to go. The show is this Saturday, September 30th, 8pm in Saugerties, New York at The Local. You can visit the thelocalsaugerties.com for all the info about the wonderful lineup they've got coming up and the exquisite venue. It uh, it was an old church, then it was a daycare, and and now it's a beautiful music and art venue. The local Two tickets, two pairs of tickets, I should say, up for grabs here. All you have to do is give us a call at 845-437-7178. Again, the show is this Saturday, September 30th at 8 p.m. It's a birthday tribute to Leonard Cohen with Robert Burke Warren and Friends and the show is close to sold out. If you'd like to go, give us a call. We're giving away two pair of tickets, 845-437-7178. And let's play some music by the one and only Leonard Cohen here now on 91.3 WVKR. Again, the phone number, 845-437-7178 for a pair of tickets this Saturday, 91.3 91.3 3 WVK are such a distinctive voice. So Leonard Cohen, the album Various Positions, the track Dance Me to the End of Love. Congratulations to two winners of each getting a pair of tickets. Congratulations to Michael and congratulations to Melissa, both of whom are going to the local in Socrates this Saturday night to see I'm Your Man, a birthday tribute to Leonard Cohen with Robert Burke Warren and Friends. I believe tickets are almost sold out but always check their website, thelocalsaugerties.com a great new venue. They've only done about two shows. As a matter of fact, tonight is the second one. So Saturday will be the third show ever at this venue and it's an extraordinary venue. Um, We're going to have the owners of the venue on in a few weeks. So stay tuned for that and um, yeah, in the meantime, the local com. and congratulations to Michael and Melissa, who each won a pair of tickets to the show. We're going to keep the music flowing here right now. It is... Five I'm your host, Rita Ryan, here with Local Motion. Let's play some music by Eric Squindo, who's going to be presenting a great show this Sunday night at Colony in Woodstock. We'll talk more about it. First, let's take a listen here on 91.3.
1: Clothes on the line. Won't dry, it's raining, don't complain, you could use a little time. Think how fresh and clean your finest threads will be when you go out tomorrow night. Down to the bank, a weighted water, a dirty joint where the banjo pickers play They get you loaded on sugar-coated love Dancing shoes carry you away Tears can be washed out of pillows Sunlight fades away the stain And you won't need your heavy coat anymore. Fire may flicker Stoke the coals Let the dry wood all run out Put your fuzzy slippers on Sing an old-time Carter song Wind is gonna blow your blues away Tears can be washed out of pillows sunlight fades away the stain And you won't need Your heavy coat anymore And tears can be washed out of pillows Sunlight fades away the stain And you won't need your heavy coat anymore You won't need Your heavy coat anymore
3: WVKR, Ian Hendrickson Smith. Party of Three is the name of the album, and we heard the song Mamacita. Ian Hendrickson Smith was a former member of Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings from 2004 to 2010 and is currently best known for playing with The Roots on The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon. Well, Ian Hendrickson Smith just opened up a really cool jazz club in Brewster, New York, called Uncle Chief. Info, tickets available at unclechief.com. That's C-H-E-E-F, unclechief.com. And Ian himself will be playing there tonight. Uncle Chief in Brewster, unclechief.com. They've got a great lineup of jazz greats coming there. So if you're into jazz, it looks like a beautiful place. I'm looking forward to checking out the place soon myself. And I'm also going to be happy to host Ian Hendrickson Smith here on local motion on November 15th. So do stay tuned for that great show. We heard Eric Squindo, his latest album back on the scene. We heard heavy coach and, um, Eric puts together these great shows, and one of them is coming up this Sunday. It's the Woodstock album series by the band. It's the Brown album. This Sunday, October first, Colony presents and Eric Quindo presents, Quindo presents the Woodstock album series. So they're doing getting great local musicians, including today's guests. Larry Packer is going to be playing at this show. Tickets and info available at Colony Woodstock. Again, that's happening this Sunday night. And again, you get to see Larry Packer there as well. So it's 542. Going to play another track and then we'll move on to musical happenings. And uh, again, congratulations again to today's ticket winners. And um, yeah, lots of great music going on here in the Hudson Valley, including the O Positive Festival, which is happening next weekend. And um, it's a weekend of great events happening in Kingston. Three days of music, art, wellness, and celebrations happening in Kingston October 6th through 8th. Info and tickets available at O Positive Festival and one of my favorite musicians on the planet will be doing a performance there. Her name is Gail Ann Dorsey. I'll tell you more about her after we take a listen to her music right here right now on
2: 91.3. In my dreams, in my dreams I walls don't mean nothing I'm in Neverland I'm in Neverland And I can climb into your pocket Is holy ground and I'm a willing refugee in a fearless town shadows can be light if you learn to see that there is nothing wrong or right about you and
3: WVKR Lara Hope and the Arctones the album called Here to Tell the Tale larahope.net she will be one of the performers at the Goddess Party part of the O Positive Festival which is happening next weekend October 6th through 8th in Uptown Kingston opositivefestival.org for information and tickets you can do the whole weekend you can get a pass or just do a day pass um, they have sliding scales also, so lots of great stuff happening. Again, the Goddess Party happening October 6th, 30-plus women, super group, choir, and band. Sarah Parada, Shauna Falana, Lara Hope, a whole bunch of wonderful females are going to be starting the show at the Old Dutch Church next next Friday, the 6th, at um, part of the O Positive Festival. And then the beautiful Gail Ann Dorsey will do her performance at 8 p.m. Uh Gail-Ann Dorsey, bass player extraordinaire, plays with uh, Lenny Kravitz, David Bowie's longtime bassist, Tears for Fears, Pink. She's played with so many people. And she is um, sometimes lives here in the Hudson Valley, and we're lucky enough to have her part of the O Positive Festival next weekend. So be sure to tune in for that. Um, It's time for musical happenings, and we'll start by saying we do this where we list a whole bunch of venues in alphabetical order in the hopes that you go out and support live music and see some of the great performers that we have here in this area because it's a plethora of amazing venues that we have. So what we're going to do now is we're going to start off with the Bardavan and UPAC bardavon.org for tickets and info. September 29th, Al Franken. October 1, David Sedaris. October 7, David Cross. Bearsville Theater in Woodstock, also at bearsvilletheater.com. October 13th, Woodstock Invitational Luthiers Showcase. Caramore in Katona, info at caramore.org. September 29, Emmett Cohen Trio. Uncle Chief in Brewster. Tickets and info at unclechief.com. That's C-H-E-E-F.com. Tonight, Ian Hendrickson Smith. Thursday, House Band, Grease Patrol. Friday, Gary Smulyan Saturday, Jim Rotundi. City Winery in Hudson Valley in Montgomery and citywinery.com. Tonight, September 27th, Songwriters Lounge, hosted by Annalise and Ryan. Colony in Woodstock and ColonyWoodstock.com. Please visit the website to get all the listings for the beer garden. Tonight in the ballroom, we have Welcome to Night Vale with James Felice. Tomorrow, Thursday, Woodstock Film Festival Video Showcase. Friday, Woodstock Film Festival Director's Party. Saturday, Feast of Friends. Sunday, Eric Squindo and Colony presents the Woodstock album series by the band. And every Monday is an open mic at Colony. At the Falcon in Marlborough and live at thefalcon.com. Tomorrow, Chris O'Leary Band. Friday, Corey Glover. Saturday, Mick Flannery. Sunday, Kavita Shah and Cape Verdean Blues. Fisher Center at Bard College and info at fishercenter.bard.edu. Now through October 1st, theater performance of Ulysses. Howland Chamber Music Circle at Howland Cultural Center in Beacon. Tickets and info, howlandmusic.org. October 1, Sylvan Winds Woodwind Quintet. Jazz Forum in Tarrytown, also at jazzforumarts.org. Friday and Saturday, two shows each night featuring Tito Puente Jr. Jazz Doc at the Senate Garage in Kingston. Info, jazzdoc.com. October 19th, the French duo with Julian Larao and Bojan Solfokaparsic. LeVon Helm Studios in Woodstock and LeVonHelm.com. Tonight, September 27th, NRBQ. October 6th, Whitney. October 7th, Helm Family Midnight Ramble. The Local in Saugerties. Info and tickets at TheLocalSaugerties.com. Tonight, September 27th, Toblio Flamenco. Saturday, September 30th, I'm Your Man. Birthday tribute to Leonard Cohen with Robert Burke Warren. Opus 40 in Saugerties. Tickets and info at opus40.org. September 28, Y La Bamba. October 7, The Big Takeover. The Stissing Center in Pine Plains and stissingcenter.org. September 30, Alejandro Brits Quartet. Tarrytown Music Hall in Tarrytown and terrytownmusichall.org. September 29, Peter Yarrow and Noel Paul Stuckey. October 1, the Grassroots and Association. October thirteenth, North Mississippi All-Stars. Town Crier in Beacon and towncrier.com. Every Thursday is an open mic. Friday on the Salon Stage, Russell St. George and Rick Mercaldi. On the Main Stage on Friday, Aaron Ramamurthy. Saturday on the Salon Stage, Annie Mash Duo. Saturday on the Main Stage, Milton and his Trio with guests Jacob Burns and Chris Knopel. Sunday Brunch with East Coast Jazz and Sunday Evening, the British Legends of Rock Show. Lola's Pizza in Uptown Kingston, October 4th with the Anatole Trio. O Positive Festival in Kingston, October 6th through 8th. Tickets and info at opositivefestival.org, featuring three days of music, art, wellness, and celebration. Last but not least, starting now, the 24th annual Woodstock Film Festival runs tonight through October 1st. Tickets and info at Woodstock woodstockfilmfestival.org. All right, lots of good stuff happening out there, folks. So, I'm going to go out with one more track. I will be back next Wednesday with guest Danny Bloom, musician, recording engineer, record producer. And in three weeks, I'll have Danny Melnick and Isabel Sofer from the local on in four weeks. We're going to host Leon Botstein. Yes. The Leon Botstein. And we are all fully booked for the rest of the year. So stay tuned. Lots of great shows happening here. And, um, I'm going to go out now with a track by Mick Flannery, who will be at the Falcon in Marlboro this weekend on Saturday night. Let's take a listen right here, right now. And stay tuned for Dr. J with Irie Groove. And I'll be back next Wednesday from 4 to 6 p.m. with Local Motion. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Until next time, I wish you peace. Johnny, want to dive out of the rat
1: race Don't want a tall glass and a hot plate?